Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Broadcasting Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Welcome to TeacherCast. Thank you so much for joining us and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. We have a fantastic show today. Today, we're going to be talking to an author, uh, a, a speaker, and an all-around amazing person. We're going to be talking to Ryan Stuman today about the great things he's been doing, and we're going to talk about that one student in your class that is absolutely let's say exceptional, doing the things that he loves to do, maybe making that left turn in life. And we're going to talk about little things that Ryan's been doing in his life and how education has certainly been a big part of his. There's, of course, several ways that you can be a part of this and all of our shows. We love it when you find us on Twitter at TeacherCast. Leave us a voice message over at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail. Email us at feedback at TeacherCast.net. And, of course, subscribe to this and all of our shows over on TeacherCast.net slash audio and TeacherCast.net slash video. I want to bring on today Ryan Stuman. Ryan, how are you today? Welcome to the TeacherCast podcast. I'm excited to be here. Uh, Jeffrey, I, I would have never in my lifetime guessed that I would be on a, a podcast talking to, I think I saw 1.5 million teachers and stuff like that. That This is amazing for me. And I, I'm, I'm excited to actually, you know, talk about the subject that we discussed uh, this evening as well. So I, I'm honored that you would have me here. And I'm, I'm glad that anybody will listen to me, but especially smart people. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I, 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 I'm really, really interested in your story. You are an author. You are a speaker. You are, have written for so many great publications, but you are also a, an individual who was kicked out of school. Am I correct in thinking that? Yeah, so school was really weird for me. Uh, the very first day of school, like my first day of kindergarten, uh, I got a spanking. Now, mind you, I came from this small, like redneck town, and my aunt was the principal. So, you know, she was probably used to uh, spanking me or whatever anyway as a, as a kid. That's just how they, they raised kids back in the 70s and 80s, you know. And and so, like, my first day I got spanking, I was like, I don't even like this place. You know, I'm away from home and uh, everything else, and I don't really like this place. So I just got it ingrained in my mind. Well, then when I was seven years old, I was adopted. So prior to being adopted, like my dad, uh, him and my mom split up. He went away. Uh, he gave up on me. I got picked up by my stepdad. Uh, who married my mom, he became my stepdad, and then he adopted me to take over rights and stuff like that. Well, my name changed in like the third grade, I think it was, from uh, Ryan Russell McCord to Ryan Keith Stuman. So then I got to go back to this place that I've already gotten a little trouble over the last couple of years. And because uh, I'm don't, i not I'm not a kid that can keep still or anything like that. But I get in a little trouble over the last couple of years. And then uh, I got to go back. Now I've got to explain to all my peers and children and everything else around the teachers, like why my name is different, but I'm the same person and what's going on in my family's personal life. And it just can consistently made school an uncomfortable place. And uh, I moved around to a lot of different schools, uh, you know, probably between two or three cities and then moving from elementary to middle. And then the way that they do things around here, you split into four different schools. So each time it wasn't always the same people because they would be coming from other parts of the city. But I went to school in Allen, Texas. And when I was, I think I was 16 years old, uh, I went to the pep rally after school and uh, was watching the cheerleaders and uh, go figure, right? And uh, as I had earrings on, because that was a cool thing to do as a young man. And, and I had earrings on, which was against school code. And I knew that. <clears throat> However, it's after school. It's like school ends at 3.30, it's 4.30. I, I didn't think it was like, you know, a big deal. And I surely didn't think it was against the rules, but I came and the principal grabbed me uh, by my hand in the hallway and started telling me, you know, hey, you, you need to pull your earrings out. And like, I, I jerked away from him 
And uh, he's like, hey, you, you pushed me. And he called the, the police officer because it was about the time police officers started, you know, showing up in schools. And uh, and then they basically arrest. They didn't arrest me, but they like detained me. And then, you know, told me that I had to go to spend like four weeks in in-house suspension or whatever. And I ended up just leaving school and I had had enough time and time again. And I, and I brought probably a lot of that on myself just because I was a, a very hyper and very uh, uh uh, a very sharp young man. I really was. And, and I understood a lot of the lessons that they were teaching. And I, and now as I get older, as I'm older, I understand that there's a curriculum and stuff that you have to follow. But as a young man, I was just like, Hey, I get it. Let's go on to the next one. And, and I get that some of the other kids, I didn't understand that maybe they weren't as fast to absorb uh, information and stuff as me, which caused me to, you know, talk out and say things and get distracted and distract the other kids. And I think that maybe those should be some signals that, that teachers look for, and maybe they do now, you know, I went to school in the, the 80s and, and 90s, so it's a little different, but I think those are signals that teachers should look for in kids. It's like, hey, if he's absorbing this stuff, let's let's make it good for this kid so that he'll be able to excel later on in life. That That, that is certainly a, a, wow, that is a story right <laughs> there. I, I don't know how to follow that one up. I mean, look, we, we've all had those students who were, w- w- is, is rebel the right word or just out of place? Or what, what, would, you, what would you classify that as? You know, the, these days they would label it as ADD. But I don't really think the ADD is like a, a, the sickness that I have or, or a sickness altogether. I was just, a, uh, I was just like a, a, a hyper kid that like got it and had a short attention span, you know? So if, if academics wasn't your thing, what were you into? What, what got your interest in uh, when you were growing up? Uh, you know, I, I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. I liked sports and uh, I, was, I played football and baseball and soccer. And it, at about age 13, they started giving me Ritalin, I think it was called back then, right? It's been a long time. Uh-huh. And uh, that made it to where I didn't really want to play sports very much anymore. So then I kind of became, because I'm kind of drugged out on this drug, I kind of started fitting in. You know, I wasn't playing sports, so I didn't fit in with the jocks anymore. And, you know, it was always a little different class anyway. And then now I'm on these drugs and I'm not playing sports. And so I kind of just fit in with like the like the the average kids, you know. And so I got into music. And so we started playing in a band. And uh, at the time I was singing and play guitar and, you know, we would do like house parties and stuff like that. We were never worth anything like nobody ever paid us a dime. And there was no way on God's green earth we were ever going to get a record contract. But it was a lot of fun, something to do, you know. <clears throat> so let's let's pause the story right there. But let's fast forward. You're a father. You have small children. Do you see these same traits in your own children right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, to the point. That's that's a good question. <clears throat> My kids, uh, we've enrolled them in private school, and obviously it, it costs more, and you're you're paying double because you're paying your school taxes plus sending your kid to private school. But the benefits for me, or I know my kids are in some way gifted like I was, and I don't, I'm not saying that to say like I'm special and everybody deserves a trophy. But I have this. I mean, I'm a five time best selling author. They write about me in Forbes twice a month. Like. I've got a, a certain skill set and gift that I've had my entire life, and I see that in my children. And so I wanted to put them in a private school where we can have conversations, and it's not about attendance or the grade curve or anything like that. It's like these people, uh, not, not, not that the people that work in the school necessarily work for me, but I'm still a customer. I'm somebody who's paying above and beyond for them to take care of a, a kid that I would consider above and beyond normal, which is why they're there in the first place. But yes, I, I worry about it so much, basically, that I've enrolled my kids in uh, private school. 
And and as a parent, what do you ask for? What do I don't want to say what do you demand out of your educational system, but you know, you're in a different spot now. You're not that rebellious child. You are the father of a potentially rebellious child, right? Like so what do you hope happens if you find out if you get that phone call and it's the principal saying your son has done X? Well, you know, my kids uh <clears throat> Excuse me. I've been talking all day, and my uh, my voice is acting funny tonight. So, uh, my kids they uh, they've been in private school like Primrose is the name of the school since they were two years old. So they're accustomed to going to school. See, I lived out in the country, and my parents didn't have any money, so I didn't go to school until the first day of kindergarten. I had no idea what school was going to be like. These guys they're not even phased by it. They're like we've been in school all of our lives, and so um, they don't get in trouble. They're the greatest kids ever. And I know everybody says that, but they don't. Their teachers love them. They uh, my five-year-old, he's starting to read, and he's he's sharp as a tack. My four-year-old, sharp as a tack. And uh, they're really good kids. They don't have the – and the educational system's obviously changed a ton since I was there. I look at the things and facilities and all this stuff they've had uh, just in their private school classroom that they're in right now. And, uh, you know, I see a huge difference from the, like, toddler factory that I was in as a little kid. So after – you know, after – I remember in the first grade, every day after school – I rode the bus over to this place called Little People. I don't even know if they let first graders on the buses these days, right? I mean, but that's that was like the time that I grew up in. Uh, I rode it over to the, the Little People's place, which is like an after-school daycare type of place. And uh, I mean, it was literally like, you know, 50 kids just in a room that was like a commercial building or whatever. But my kids go up the street here and this place has got computers and bounce houses and outdoor playgrounds and all this other stuff and all these you know, animated learning TV, interactive things. So things have obviously uh, changed a whole lot uh, in the educational system. And so I don't really see my kids uh, getting in trouble. But in the event that something does go wrong and they do become rebellious or something like that, I want to be able to have a conversation with somebody who uh, I feel like they're going to treat me like a customer as opposed to someone getting treated like a taxpayer because we all pay taxes and most of us don't really get treated that well, you know. I, I love that you're using the word customer because I think uh, a lot of times educators look at parents as, you know, stop bothering me and let me do my job. And really, it should be we're all in here together. We're all here for the kids. We're all we're all in all this. And, and let's kind of go back to where you were. So there you were. You just, you know, the decision was made that you're not going back into school. Uh, where do you go from that moment in your life to to playing bands, to, to doing all that stuff to, uh, you know, you're, you're a fantastic podcaster, five-time best author. W where's the difference there? Was there a switch or was it just you took a left turn and you never looked back? Well, I think here's the lesson. It's funny because now I'm a teacher. I mean, that, if you think about it, that's what I do. I'm a, I'm a sales coach and a business consultant. Basically, I'm just teaching people how to put systems and business and file the right paperwork and all this other stuff. And I have no education. I didn't like leave high school and go off to college or uh, any or invent anything like I just like I went to work and I went to work in sales in my life. I, you know, my obviously my father, as I explained, wasn't really there for me. My step parents, it was a weird relationship because they had other kids and all that stuff. And it, it just like it, it wasn't really I never felt like I fit in anywhere. But once I discovered sales, I was about 13 years old and I started selling car washes and uh, I was making, you know, 12 to 15 dollars an hour at a time when minimum wage was four dollars an hour right just so to, to put like the 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 radar together there for for how times have changed and so uh i was making decent money and then it, by the time i was 15 i was leaving school at lunch 
on the co-op program and driving to the car wash to go to work every day and making a few extra bucks. So I just, when I left school, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wash cars and I'm going to be the best car wash person on the planet. And I'm going to end up owning the place one day. That's what I'm going to do. And so I set off on that mission. Problem is my stepdad was the manager of the car wash and we ended up getting into it over the whole quitting school thing, obviously. And so like the next day I went and got my GD, like literally the day after I decided to quit school, I got my GD so that I didn't put that off. It just got it over with. And now uh, I was like, I, the next day I went signed up, like three days later, I took my test, passed it with flying colors and uh, went off to work at the, the car wash. And he kept giving me grief, trying to get me to go back to school. So I eventually left the car wash and, you know, I, I worked for this electrical company and I ended up getting hurt on the job and I didn't pay much anyway. And so when I got hurt on the job, I ended up selling drugs and I got in trouble. Uh, I wasn't a very good drug dealer, but it was really the first money-making opportunity that had been put in front of me. You know, I grew up in a poor part of town and I uh, was leaving school. So I'm following the typical dropout path here, ladies and gentlemen. Like this is what happens when you kick a kid out of school usually, right? They they go, they leave home, they they get a job, they end up, they end up realizing how much jobs suck compared to school. Uh, they get into it with their parents, they run away from home, they have no other alternative but to sell drugs or do something illegal uh, oftentimes to be able to make it make ends meet and be able to make, make things work out. And that's what I did. And uh, I tried cocaine and, and overdosed on it and ended up like dying and they brought me back to life. And uh, when they brought me back to life, they told me I was under arrest and then they didn't let me go uh, after they, 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 they let me go and we played the back and forth game for a little while. And when they finally sentenced me to two years in prison, I ended up doing two years in prison. I decided that, hey, obviously the drug thing wasn't for me. And uh, I went back to the car wash, tried to get my life all back together. And uh, while I was working at the car wash, I was going to, again, I was on the mission to just own the place. Hey, I shouldn't have never got off that path. And now I'm on the mission to be manager and own the place. And I got a job offer uh, from a, a customer that was washing her Lexus on a regular basis. And she said, hey, I'll teach you how to do mortgages. I see the effort that you put in here at this car wash. If you'll just, you know, come and let me teach you, let me educate you on how to do this. And I told her, I was like, lady, I'm a convicted felon. I got a, you know, eighth grade education. The last grade I graduated from is the eighth grade. I'm washing cars over here because I've made a lot of terrible decisions in my life. And she's like, well, let me be the first good decision. And uh, within a week, I ended up making like $8,000. I think it was 6,800 bucks. And then within like four weeks, I ended up making another $7,500 or something like that. So within a short period of time, I really grasped this uh, financial game. And then I just got sucked into this hole of learning. I wanted to know more about banking. I wanted to know more about real estate. I started going to seminars. I started, you know, taking training programs and, and immersing myself in education, which all along, education was available at school, but it was never anything that interests me. But this whole art of money making uh, really inter interested me a lot. And so I started reading the typical books, Think and Grow Rich, uh, which teachers, you should be having your kids. If they're in the seventh or eighth grade, I think they, you should make them read Think and Grow Rich. It's a great book. There's How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's important. That's something that every kid in high school should be reading. Uh, even the 48 Laws of Power, that's something that every kid should have understand, I believe. Those books should be like the foundation that people need to go, especially as they enter the workforce. It'll elevate their thinking and change their mind. And when you change your mind, you get to change your life, you know, and it just gives them an opportunity that other teachers wouldn't give it to them. Even if they don't read it in school, give it to them as a gift. It's a life, they're life-changing books. Uh, but so I got immersed in this, 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 you know, information and learning and, and taking action and information and learning and taking action. And I uh, became a millionaire and got in trouble with the darn police again. They thought I was selling drugs again because like they didn't think that I had cleaned my life up. So they thought I was selling drugs again and I wasn't. 
And so they came back to the house, didn't find any drugs, but had a gun. And Texas is weird. Texas with guns, like you can have any gun you want. You want a rocket launcher in Texas, you can have it. But the ATF doesn't agree with Texas, right? But nobody tells you this. Kind of like weed in Colorado. You can have all the weed you want in Colorado, but if the DEA catches you, you can't have weed. And so it's like the same thing here in, in Texas. And I got in trouble. And uh, long story short, I ended up having to go back and do another two years and came out again, relied on sales in, into the mortgage industry uh, and made a, made a bunch of money in the mortgage industry. It, again, multiple six figures per year, built my business up to being one of the top guys in the nation. And they passed a law that it wouldn't allow me being a convicted felon to get a license for another five years. I couldn't renew the one that I had when it expired. And that's how I got into this like whole internet marketing worlds. I, I lost my corporate job and my ability to earn income. And once again, I started be educating myself. I learned how internet marketing worked. I learned how websites work and Facebook ads and social media and all these things. And you know, it, it over the course now since 2010, when that happened, I've been able to write five best-selling books. I run six uh, multi-seven-figure businesses that I'm the CEO. Most of them I own 100% outright. We own a seminar company, an alarm company, uh, a real estate company, an asset acquisition company. I'm in my hands a little bit of everything, and I teach people mostly for a living. So the reason why I share that story, I know it's a long-winded story and a lot to take in. I'm sorry for for uh, for going over, but the thing is, like with with teachers, I was that kid that stood out. But now I'm out here and I'm changing the world. So I just beg of you, like sometimes the kid's not acting up; he's acting out because he needs your attention and acknowledgement that maybe there's something bigger for him or her out there. So. As a teacher, once we have that student, what suggestions do you have for us? If we find that student that really, really does need some attention or, you know, maybe biology isn't for that kid, what can we do? Because what I find a lot of times is the teacher wants to help, but they're really not sure where to push or how to push. Well, let's just use an example. You got a kid that's growing up in the inner city, let's say. And uh, in a bad part of town where there's lots of drug dealers and, you know, they by the time they're 13, you start seeing them with the, the drug dealer traits. We, every teacher that, that knows what those are, like every teacher's seen the kids that that go down that path. Why not hand them a copy of Think and Grow Rich and say, hey, you know what? There's a better path than your uncle or brother or cousin or whoever it is that you see that's out there. If you're really doing what you're doing for money. Here's a way to make money with no money down and be an entrepreneur, something that seems to interest you more than showing up here at school. So that if they do drop out, then there's a good chance that they might go on to flip real estate or be a life coach or start their own business or something of that nature. And, and, and you might say, well, how are we going to give them all these books? You can order Think and Grow Rich for 99 cents on Amazon. For 100 bucks, you could get 100 of them, and it probably lasts you the whole lifetime you need them teaching. Tell us a little bit about the Hardcore Closer. Well, so uh, that's our sales training company, and it's a blog that's viewed about you know a quarter to a half a million times a, a month. Our Facebook page is uh, viewed about a half a million times a week, and uh, we got a huge Instagram following too. And what we do is is I try to change salespeople's lives. I just told you that I've been through some some hell in my life, you know, adoption and drugs. And I've been on that path. When you guys play the videos, like kids, this is what happens if you drop out of school. Like I'm that guy, and. And having gone down that, it's obviously been a really hardcore life for me. And I reach out to the sales community and, and help a different demographic. Like there's lots of sales trainers that are suit and tie and, and you know, teach you to go knock doors and stuff like that. That's not what we do. We're digital entrepreneurs and I help like modern salespeople, real estate agents, 
uh, bankers, insurance people, uh, teach them how to generate leads, create websites, and then obviously have <clears throat> sales conversations with the people that show up. So uh, basically we're a tech company disguised as a sales training company. That's pretty cool. And of course, you can find all the great stuff that's happening with Ryan over at HardcoreCloser.com. You can also find him on Twitter at HardcoreCloser. Uh, you said that you're a, a five-time bestseller. Tell us a little bit about your, uh, your books. So I wrote my life story uh, first. I felt like I needed to get that off my chest. So I just wrote this. I have a, I've had a crazy life, as you can tell, just within the, the time that we've been talking here. Uh, but I had this really crazy life, and so I wrote a story uh, about it. And, you know, that was kind of just a, a liberating thing for me. <clears throat> but then I've wrote uh, four more books on how I've built businesses, uh, sales training. So we've got our most popular books called Elevator to the Top. You can actually get a free paperback copy at elevatortothetop.com. Maybe uh, grab a free copy and give it to one of your students. Uh, but it teaches you everything you need to know about the sales game from the day one that you get started to the moment that you retire, how to invest your money, uh, like all this stuff is right there in that book. And, uh, you know, that's our most popular book. So I've written one about sales, one about internet marketing, one about being in, in avoiding lawsuits when it comes to business dealings. And then, uh, my autobiography. And then we wrote a mindset book. Uh, I wrote a mindset book, uh, as well. So you can get all of them on Amazon, or if you want the, uh, elevator to the top one, it's on Amazon as well, but you can get it for free by going to, uh, elevator to the top.com. So a lot of us have, uh, you know, young kids. You, you've got some young kids. I was telling you that I've got some three-year-olds sitting over here. Are, are you the type of dad that's pushing your kids into social media, pushing them into making the Facebook videos, or by the time they get old enough, is that something that you see working with your kids on these days? You know, they know what Facebook is because they know that I work on it and they see pictures that we upload it and stuff like that. My kids are really into YouTube. They just have these little things that they watch uh, on YouTube kids. And so, from that aspect, they're into it, but my kids are weird, you know, I was watching uh, uh, them the other night and they watch my videos, which is dangerous because I drop F-bombs and stuff in, in my videos, you know, I'm like, whoa, kids, don't listen to that. But, you know, Jax, my oldest son was watching, uh, we were editing the replay of a, 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 I just did a presentation in front of about 800 people and, uh, and we were watching the replay to see how we could, you know, improve on the sales process and Jack said, Hey, Dad, do you think you could get me up there to where I could talk on the stage like that? I'm like, don't make me proud, son. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? You shall have anything in my kingdom, son. That's but, awesome. you know, they, they're starting to get it. One time when we, uh, when we went to their private school previewing, there was the principal that was up on the podium telling all, all the parents what's going on. And Jax must have asked me five times that that guy took my job. Did he take your job? Or are you supposed <laughs> to be up there? That, that is awesome. I... I... I, I get I get similar, you know, not not as much here because there's there's still three, but I, I do get the daddy. Can I play with the microphone? Daddy, can I podcast oh, yeah. with you? Daddy, can I? And and you know that you know they they know that they have a future as my cameraman around here eventually at some point. So yeah, abs absolutely right. You got you got a fantastic story. I mean, you know that, right? Um, what what advice do you have? I mean, uh, talk to me as the parent of the three year old. How do I make sure that my kids not only stay on focus throughout? Because, I mean, look, where we live here, one of the things that I'm really concerned at right now is whenever you look at the news, they talk about opioids and keeping your kids safe and keeping your kids off drugs. And, you know, what advice do you have for kids that are and parents that are growing up these days to make sure that they are focused and they are successful and they are making sure that they're that they are going to be where they're supposed to be? 
Well, I think if you turn on the radio and you turn on the TV, all you hear is, you know, and I'm not trying to be the old man like this, but like rap music and, and I like rap. Don't, I go into like future concert just a couple of weeks ago. I've been to Kanye, I like, I'm, I'm into it. But I'm saying from a young person's perspective, you've got all these celebrities saying, you don't really have to work and we're at the club every night and we're having sex with anybody we want to and we're on drugs and this is what you should be doing, right? And whether they realize it or not, they're jamming to this music and they see these TV shows where everybody's promiscuous and all this stuff. I mean, literally, we went from Donna Reed where the husband and wife slept in separate beds when they were in the same scene in the bedroom to, you know, do the things that you see on just regular TV now, which again, doesn't bother me or my kids, but what we've got to do is we've got all these bad role models. We've got uh, NBA, NFL, NHL players doing dumb stuff left and right. Celebrities getting in mix-ups. Politicians doing dumb stuff. Everybody who's in the spotlight is just completely doing ignorant stuff, right? And so you've got really no public eye of figures for the, the kids. And so, again, I can't recommend turning them on to the right people. You see uh, kids that aren't going down. Like, for example, with, with your young kid, when, when my son is old enough to read, I'm going to give him the book, How to Think Like a Millionaire. It's only like 50 pages and it's real easy to understand. It's written for kids and I'm going to give him that book and I'm going to give him money to read books and I'm going to teach him the reward that money and then that books and then doing what comes the action from the book results in money. And I'm going to teach him that at a young age and, and because I want him to think about, because money is a direct reflection of the value that you bring on this planet. The people that have the most amount of money, either someone in their life and their lineage before them or them personally brought a tremendous amount of value to this world. So if I can instill my son getting information, taking action on that information equals him getting value from the marketplace. That's what I want to teach him almost like Pavlov's dogs over and over again. So that by the time, you know, my goal is for my kids, by the time they're 18, I've put together a fund that they'll at least, they'll at least at the bare minimum have a quarter million dollars each that they can just do whatever with. By whatever, I mean they can go to college and get some kind of fancy degree, which I'll support if that's what they want to do, or they can use that to use my banking contacts and fund and start a business. And my goal would be for my kids to fund and start a business because that's going to teach them a lifetime of experience and they can just hire the people that spent their lives in college to come work for them. And like that's my game plan uh, for my kids. Obviously, it all starts, and I've said this heavily, is the right education. You know, uh, you see the kids that are troubled kids, give them a copy of How to Think Like a Millionaire. It's like, hey, I know you're bored in school. Here's a subject you might like. This is how people really get rich. These are the <laughs> this is how the people that Kanye works for got that money, right? Like, start explaining to them that there's other role models. There's, you know, Mark Cuban and there's Elon Musk, and you know, those guys are way cooler than Kanye and Jay Z or, or or Nicki Minaj or whatever these kids are watching these days. And I, I think that the kids don't see these alternatives because they're not being blasted on the radio and the TV and all this other stuff. And so I think that turning them on to those sources will change a lot of things for a lot of kids. Dude, that is absolutely beautifully put and uh, gave me some good ideas for when my kids get to be of the uh, age of reading and going on here. Ryan, I want to say thank you so much for spending time with us. I'd obviously love to have you back on the show, but before I let you go, we have a little tradition here with our guests. We have a little game show called the Jersey Five. Five questions that are meant to stump you but really make you think, would you be up for the challenge of the Jersey Five? Let's do it. Come on, bring it on. All right. <laughs> they, they get they start off easy and they get a little harder as we go here. First one, and, and, and these are written for educational eyes, so if we want to translate these, however, let's do it. But uh, number one, favorite Twitter account to follow, favorite hashtag to follow. What do you like to, to follow on social media? 
Uh, my favorite Twitter account to follow uh, is Elon Musk. That guy's doing billion-dollar deals right in front of our eyes in, in 140 characters or less. It's amazing. Number two, favorite educational tool or favorite uh, that, that one thing that you just can't live without? You know, I uh, dictionary.com. I'm sorry, thesaurus.com. Uh, I write a lot, and so without a thesaurus, I couldn't come up with the right words, you know, because you, you have, like, your go-to things. So thesaurus.com is my uh, educational tool that I use. That's a good one. I've never had that one. All right. So number three is best advice you've ever been given as a, and that could be as a teacher, podcaster, business person, life person, best advice you've ever been given as a? Uh, well, the best advice I've ever been given as a salesperson is don't sell to broke people. I like that one. All right. Number We oh. got to throw at least some element of sales in here, right? I went without it the whole time. I had to sprinkle just a little bit in there. Uh, well, uh, okay. So w when we put out this post, it'll be hashtag don't sell to broke people. We'll be good for that <laughs> one. Uh, number four, what do you hope your now here? I'll do this as the educator, but what do you hope your students remember about you when they graduate? I'm not sure how that would translate into what no, you're doing, but help well, me out with that. One of my companies, one of my companies is Break Free Academy, and we do online uh, tr business training. Uh, so my goal is, my biggest hope is that my students graduate millionaires. Number five, what is the best teachable moment you've ever had? You know, uh, when I was in prison the first time, and uh, I was going through that "why me?" It was hot, and I'd been there for a few months, and I was like, man, you know, I know people that got a lot less a lot more drugs and did a lot more things that didn't wind up here. And, you know, I couldn't figure it all out. And I realized at that point that no matter what amount of money was sat in front of me, if I broke the law, if I did something illegal, if I had to come back to that place, the best luxury I was ever going to experience would be ice cream once a week from the commissary. And I had that, that, that teachable moment to where, you know what, I had been, you know, slapped on the wrist and slapped on the butt and then smacked on the cheek enough to where, you know, it was that lesson that I taught. It's like, hey, you know what? I'll never I'll never step outside into any gray area again. And it's not easy, especially in the business I'm in now. It's not easy to, to walk the line, but it, it's still been something I, I remember to this day. That is absolutely beautiful. He is a CEO. He is the founder of the Hardcore Closer and Break Free Academy. He's a four-time best-selling motivational speaker, sales coach, podcast host, blogger, and all-around entrepreneur. He is... Ryan Stuman. Ryan, thank you so much for your time today and for coming on the Teacher Cast podcast. Yeah, and uh, you know, thank you for having me on here. If y'all want to sign up at hardcorecloser.com, I'm pretty uh, our emails and stuff are pretty abrasive, but you could give the book there that you get from signing up. It's uh one of our books you can give it to your students, especially if they're uh, high school students, they'll enjoy it. So, I appreciate you having me on, Jeffrey. I really do. And thank you so much. And one more time, I want to say thank you for Ryan to coming on the show. And thank you out there for making TeacherCast your home for professional development. Uh, it is viewers like you that help suggest topics like this that are so important for us all to discuss and listen. Of course, there's other several great ways that you can be a part of the TeacherCast educational broadcasting network family. You can find us on Twitter at TeacherCast. Leave us a voice message over at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail. Email us at feedback at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail. And of course, subscribe to this and all of our shows at TeacherCast.net net slash audio and teachercast.net slash video on behalf of everybody here on the TeacherCast educational broadcasting network my name is jeff bradbury encouraging you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students